NWCI Podcast. My name is Addison Combs, and today I sat down with Aaron and Steve from the NWCI Tech team, and I just wanted to get some tips from them about what an apprentice or somebody who's entering the trades can do or what they should know to really get through that apprenticeship or get acclimated to uh, working in the trades. Uh, They both have a plethora of experience in the trades and a lot of great tips to give, so let's dive right in. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about uh, the the apprenticeship experience, getting through the apprenticeship, really uh, some key points about your your lifestyle, and then really uh, other things that were you you're coming to the apprenticeship, you might not uh, expect to have these challenges, and then just overcoming those, what what you can uh, focus on to to get through that. Probably one of the biggest things is that um, you know you just need to have the radar up all the time when you're on the job. Uh, you just you have to keep in mind that you're a hired hand and you're learning. Um, and the best thing to do, I think, is is when you're on the job, when you get to work, um, you know, try to try to take all the distractions uh, that you might have and and kind of get them out of the way, like your phone. Like if you have your phone, you know, um, you know, maybe leave it in your lunchbox or even in your car. Um, that type of thing, it, it's really important to be, you know, present, right? You know, where you are and try to be as attentive as possible and just kind of have the radar up. I mean, if somebody's moving some lumber and you happen to be there and you're kind of waiting for your journeyman to get back or something, um, you're kind of in between things, you know, just, just start helping out. You know, you always want to be moving. Um, always, you know, if, if you aren't sure what to do, just start picking up. I mean, you know, nobody's really going to jump down your throat if you're you're actually trying to get something done you know even if it's just picking up some scrap lumber or, or something always just keep moving and uh, but i definitely show up early um talk to people in the job shack you know be there a half hour early that helps too and you kind of get a feel for things um and you can you know make a little bit of conversation with somebody and and um you you know you'll pick up some pointers i'll give you some pointers yeah. but but the biggest thing is just make sure you be where you are you know you're on the right. job be at the job you know don't try yeah. to try to avoid all the distractions that's something i heard from mark carpenter our uh one of our our new pre-apprenticeship instructor he really focused on making work the place you go to get away from all that all that other stuff that's happening in your life so if you've got stuff happening at home or uh, any any emotional stuff with your personal relationships, you can really have work be your sanctuary, right? And then you can go there and just you, you don't got to worry about that for ten hours. You can just focus on uh, focus on the job. Yeah, and I, and I can tell you that you know the ones that are successful at the job are the ones that can can you know exclude all the distractions, get to work, be present, like like Steve had mentioned. And you know we talk about awareness levels and. You know, typically when you're out in in public, you're kind of at a green awareness level to where, you know, everything's good, nothing's really bad is going to happen. You don't really have to focus on uh, as much as you do on a job site where I would say, you know, change that awareness level to like an orange where, you know, constantly be aware. I mean, I I know forklifts have a backup alarm, but that starts to blend in with the background uh, faster than you would know. A high vis becomes the, the norm, so it's not, it doesn't stand out, but you have to keep that awareness at all times because really... All it takes is one one loader backing up, one crane swinging around, one forklift, you know, that's overhead to to end your life. And so you really have to focus while you're at the job. 
you know, that, that's a huge mm-hmm. thing is, is be there, be present and be aware of everything that's going on. Yeah. that's something that, uh, maybe a first year apprentice, just getting into the program, getting into the trades, um, isn't really aware of you come out of school. You're not used to having to, to worry about, uh, huge safety things like that, unless you're driving 80 on the highway. Um, but even then you, you stay in your lane, you're good. Um, even on the job site, if you stay in your lane, sometimes things come swinging at you. So, uh, keeping that awareness up and then just, uh, keeping your eyes open. Right. And then the other thing, especially for people first starting out in this job is, is one of the things I would definitely recommend and it's going to happen is go to the job and be there and work hard, but realize that every job has a beginning and an ending and that job is going to end and you will get laid off. And you know, it, it has nothing to do with you as a person. Uh, you can show up and work as hard as you, you can every single day. And at the end of the job, you're still going to get laid off. That's just the, the nature of the business. Every job has a beginning and an end. And just, right. you know, you look at that end and you're like, hey, all I did is I worked myself out of this job and right into the next one. You know, yeah, so I, I can exactly. go and I can find another contractor and I can, you know, and, and we, we talked a little bit before about reputation. Reputation is everything. You know, this the the contractor community, you think Washington is huge and stuff, but contractors talk. They know who's good, they know who's bad. And, you know, all the people that are out there running work right now went through the apprenticeship and they're all friends. You know, all the people that are foremen, superintendents, general foremen, they're all friends. They all talk. So if you have a good reputation, they know it. If you have a bad reputation, they really know it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I was thinking about uh tools and you know, um, you know, having having the right equipment and all that. And, uh, you know, uh, especially for first year apprentices, you know, don't don't get too caught up in and having all the, you know, the perfect tools or the, you know, you have to you have to, of course, you know, comply to the tool list. Try to try not to stress out over that, um, you know, when it comes to exactly what you need. You know, your journeyman and your employers on a job um, they're going to have you doing certain tasks and you're going to pick up on which tools you need to get that task done. You know, I personally would pay attention to that. Um, you know, if you need a rocker bar and it's not on the tool list, you know, for, for the apprenticeship, but you still, you know, everybody's using one on the job or it'd be really good to have one, you know, the next day or two days. And, and, you know, I would, I would get that rocker bar and, uh, you know, if, if you, if you need a crescent wrench for your tool list or something, you know, get a crescent wrench, um, you know, to satisfy the tool list or whatever. But um, I definitely make your your tool, uh, you know, observations on the job site and, and uh, really try to try to stick with that or at, at least try to accommodate that. I know it's hard. They're super, you know, they can be really expensive, uh, but um, do your best to, to keep tabs on what's going on on the job site and really focus on that. And the other thing to, to keep in mind too, and I'm going to go right along with that, is is that this this isn't just a job. You're not going to be there for just this. This is your career, and tools are an investment in yourself. So you get the right tools for the job. Um, my rule on job was always if I have to borrow it more than once, I need to go buy my own. You know, because it's obviously a tool that is is really you know is going to be useful. So don't waste your time borrowing the same tool over and over. Go out and get it yourself. You know, cause a lot of times, like if if it comes down to it. And, you know, there's only a couple people left on the job. They're going to pick the guy that has all the tools for the job and not the guy that constantly has to borrow things. Um, so I want to go back a little bit uh, to what you're talking about with um, getting laid off, because I think uh, with our current culture here, um, just as far as like coming through high school and stuff, if you're if you hear about somebody getting fired from a job, that's got to be like negative right away. But a lot of the times um, in, in our trade, we can 
we can have that be a positive, right? Where you're, if you're working on something for six months or a year, and then you get laid off, um, you can take that opportunity, go to a different type of job, learn something else. If you're uh, working on concrete for six months, you really want to be able to diversify your skill set in the apprenticeship, right? And uh, be able to go right. and do a different type of job, right? Well, I can tell you that um, it, it was probably after about a year on any job, and I was ready to move on to something else. And um, I, I originally came from house framing. House framing is two weeks at this job, and then you move two weeks at this job, and then you move two weeks at this job. So I really got to that that transition lifestyle. It's like, okay, we do this job, we work hard, we get out of here, we go to the next one. Uh, when I transitioned over to commercial work, it was still the same thing, but it was you know a year, maybe two years at the most on a job, and then it was like time to move on. At first, again, it's it like you said, it's it's a little bit difficult to deal with. Like, hey, I worked my ass off for this company. I did really good. Why am I getting laid off? Well, the job's just ending. They're keeping like two people around to do little punch list stuff and nobody else. It's no reflection on you. And that's, I think, the hardest thing for them to realize is that it's not a reflection of your work habits or you as a person. It's just strictly numbers. You know, one thing I always did was I tried to get a phone number. I, I tried to make... I don't say friends, but at least, you know, somebody, you know, you know, like, like an acquaintance or, or get to know somebody on the job. I mean, in the first, you know, week or two, you know, uh, before, before work or at lunch, you know, or towards the end of lunch or whatever, outside the job check, try to get a phone number. Because, um, for me, I, I know personally, um, there were times where it was really helpful to be able to just pick up the phone and go, Hey man, you know, what's going on? How's it going? How's it going on your job? Well, yeah, this happened to me today. And, and uh, you know, you'll probably, you know, at least be able to kind of just, uh, you know, get some things off your chest or whatever, or ask some questions or, hey, man, what would you do? Because this happened. And do you know this person or whatever? And sometimes, you know, other apprentices or, you know, people might even know that person and might even go, oh, yeah, you're working with so-and-so. Oh, man. Okay, well, this is what that guy's like, and everybody knows this, you know, or whatever. It's just helpful to have that, um, to have that kind of, you know, feedback, and then, you know, and then, then you can adjust accordingly. So that that's one thing, anyway. There's there's a handful yeah. of things. I'm sure Aaron's got something to chime mm -hmm. in with. You know, I, I could tell you that you know because I went from high school to college, and then college out into the field. I was only in college for about a year and a half. I decided it wasn't for me, but the, the habits that I had in college definitely did not translate well onto the field. You know, once I got out and I'm working carpentry, you have to remember that you have to eat good. You have to sleep the right amount so that you're alert and aware on the job. You know, um, you know, in, in college, obviously you could party till two in the morning if you didn't have a class until the next day at five. Well, you can't do that when you're, you're out dealing with huge, huge uh, pieces of machinery and, and a lot of moving parts. You know, it's really important to, Really, you know, it's, it's just like mom said, you need to eat right. You need to get enough, you know, get your eight hours of sleep and, and show up and, and ready to go. And I always see that the people that do that are the ones that are really successful. You know, and I'm not saying you can't be successful if you stay out till midnight every night partying. I'm just saying that it's, it's going to be a lot harder on you and uh, your body's going to break down a lot faster. And that's one thing that I see, especially when you get into the 40s and 50 year olds and stuff, the ones that take care of their body, because this is you know, uh, an industrial athletic type situation. The ones that take care of their body are the ones that last right. until retirement. Whereas yeah, you, know, yeah. you see the, it's and and one of my favorite sayings has always been, you know, it's not the years, it's the mileage. And it's the same thing with your body. It's not the years, not how old you are. It's how hard you are in your body. And so you have to really take care of that. 
um, just like any machine, make sure it's well-oiled and, and functioning. Yeah, and, and, you know, on top of that, when you talk about that, you know, your health um, and that, you know, working all day and you think, oh, man, you know, I put in 10 hard hours or, you know, maybe eight hours and I'm driving, whatever. Um, that's not exercise. You know, I hate to say it, but truly, uh, you know, to make the effort to, to take, just take a walk like for 30 minutes every day, you know, after work or maybe in the morning before work, you know, it's your thing. Or if you do have a workout routine, great. You go to a gym, that's cool, but you don't have to. I mean, you can, you can, you know, do some push-ups or, you know, just like I said, go for a walk. I mean, maybe ride a bike or something if that's available. Um, and it doesn't have to be, you know, some major uh, production, you know, just, but, but actual exercise, you know, making that effort will pay off. There's no doubt about it. Being out on the job working doesn't qualify as exercise, even though you burn like 4,000 calories or whatever, 10,000 calories, you know, you get down, oh man, I got 35,000 steps in today or something, you know, you're working trade show or you're doing something where you're just walking all the time. It's not the same. It's just not the same. I mean, um, you know, I wish it was. I remember when I was back, and that's, <laughs> I learned that very same thing. But it's just not. Um, you definitely benefit from just a little bit of exercise. It's, it doesn't take much. Another thing I wanted to throw in was, um, I never went out for lunch, ever. I never left the job site. I showed up with a lunch pail. Um, sometimes it was just some Oreo cookies and you know whatever I could grab running out the door. You know, but you know, for the most part, I tried to make my lunch the night before you know, PB and J, whatever, but there's nothing like being able to just sit down right there. Okay. It's 12 o'clock lunchtime. Bam. You sit down, you're resting, you're starting to get something to eat. You talk a little bit with some people about the game last night, you know, how the nationals won 13 to two or three or whatever it was, you know, but, but that element right there, preparing the night before, uh, you know, I, I can tell you that that's been a big one for me. And I know a lot of guys that try to run out and get something to eat at lunchtime. And it was always just, they were just wolfing it down on the way back. You know, sometimes they were just coming in the gate right at 1230 and you're already starting to, you know, get your bags back on or something. It, it, it just never seemed to work out. It always worked out real well for me to pack a lunch. Yeah. And then you kind of get that, uh, that same connections with your coworkers. You can basically like, that's the, the networking opportunities, right? You're on this right. job. You can spend that right. that time during lunch uh, exactly. meeting these people. Then they like yeah. you. Then they'll say, mm -hmm. "Hey, uh, I'm on this next job. We, we need a new another guy. I know this guy, Steve." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's, yeah, let's precisely. That's exactly how it works. That's exactly. You know, I'll tell you right now. I mean, I hustled in my entire career. I hustled five jobs. In other words, I got I got hired. You know, from not having a job or having been laid off with five companies. You know, and that's it. I've worked and that's how it works. I mean, you, you find out, Oh, Hey, you know, um, you're getting through a job and you start hearing word on the street about another job starting up somewhere else or the same company you're working for has something that, you know, Hey, they're trying to get permits on this project or whatever. But yeah, it's that hearsay. And it's that kind of that, you know, you got to, you learn to filter out the, the gossip, you know, or the, or the, when, when you're just, you know, you just kind of getting stuff, off the cuff and people really don't know, you know, a rumor mill, we used to call it, you know, so you, you, you get pretty good at being able to filter that out. If you hear something, you go, oh, okay, well, huh. And then next time you see the foreman or whatever, you, you go, hey, man, what's the story on this, you know, coming up or whatever. So that, yeah, definitely works really well, Addison, uh, for uh, maintaining, you know, that, that 
network and and that contact with what's going on in your area you know and and uh yeah that's definitely definitely helpful well you know and, and a, a lot of that ties directly into your reputation as well you show up you work hard you're there at lunch you're getting that information that that you need to get before you start work uh, everybody's going to remember that. And like you said, when they move on to the next job, they're going to take you with them or they're going to remember, you know, like, Hey, this, this journeyman got laid off. He went on when he's working on another job and he's going to remember, yeah, that guy was always there, always working hard. Yeah, definitely. You know, cause I, I remember being a foreman on a job and somebody would show up and, and a guy would be like, yeah, I know him as a great worker or yeah, I know him and he's lazy and he's late all the time and stuff. And, and just from that right there mm-hmm. can determine whether or not you, you get that job. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then on the other, the flip side of that coin too, you know, you can be a great hand. Everything can be going great. You know, you really don't have any rework, or you know, you just had a really good job, and there's somebody else on the job. I distinctly remember one job. Um, this person was, you know, he was there because of connections and you know, close connections to the top, like leadership and. Um, you know, it just wasn't the carpenter caliber that, that, you know, you would hope for. Right. So anyway, but that person stays, right. You know, I get laid off and that person stays and there's certain things that are just out of your control. You know, all you can do is control what it is you do on the job. You do the best you can do. Um, you put your heart in it and, you know, you get towards the end of the job and, Somebody that really probably should get laid off first doesn't get laid off first, and you get laid off. You just roll down the road. You know, yep. you got to you got to shake that one off. You got to be able to go. Okay, you know what? Did the best I could do. Um, and you know, there's certain things that are out of your control when it comes to that. So you know, uh, you know, keep your head up, and then make your phone calls, call your friends or whoever you got numbers from, and say, hey, man, this went went down. And um, odds are you'll you'll be all right. And then and don't discount the fact that we do have business reps out there. Um, they'll give you their phone number. Those are, are great people to contact. Uh, you know, they show up here at the apprenticeship every Thursday and they, they talk to the apprentices. And, you know, if, if I was an apprentice out on the job and, you know, I got laid off, first thing you do is go file for unemployment, you know, because that's mm-hmm. step number one. And then the next thing is call your business reps and say, hey, what jobs are, are needing people? Here's my skill set. Where should I go and start knocking on doors at? And they're going to yeah. know what jobs need the help and so and, and they're a resource for everybody everybody in the union that's what they're there for for sure for sure yeah and you mentioned unemployment um just so everybody knows you know that those funds are earmarked you know those, those are you're entitled to those they're earmarked because of your employment and you need to know that if you don't use those funds they go into the state's general fund so they get used. I mean, don't let somebody tell you that, oh, you know, you're on unemployment. OK, you're just milking, you know, the state coffers. No, that's not the case that, that those funds are earmarked for when work is slow. You've done what your due diligence. You've been hustling. You've been trying to find work. It takes a couple of weeks two or three weeks and you've got rent coming up. That's what that's for. Um, you know, and like I said, if if you end up working all year and you don't ever pull it, then guess what? It rolls into the general budget and it gets it gets used anyway. OK, so um, those funds, you know, don't don't let somebody tell you that that's that's a bad thing to draw on employment. You know, that that's something that uh, is only there because you put in the work hours. That's how that those funds get um, set aside. So anyway, I just wanted to clarify that. I want to make sure everybody knew that was the, the case in case you're getting a little heartache from somebody, you know. 
Throw yeah. Well, the whole, the whole deal with that is, is unemployment insurance, and you pay into it, and the reason you pay into it is because there is a chance you could become unemployed, and so you can draw that. That's what it's for, you know? Sure. Yeah, don't be ashamed to go and get right. it. That's your money, you know? And that's just another thing. I think uh, the main point of this is that uh, working in the trades, working in carpentry, you, you are going to be part of a different culture than somebody working in an office because you're going to be going from job right. to job, not staying there for years on end, you're going right. to have to build that reputation. And then um, you're going to be taking advantage of those uh, unemployment that maybe there's a stigma when you're working in an office, but that's part of the culture here. And you, you gotta, you gotta use that or else, I mean, you're going to be without money and you, you really right. you need that to live. So, right. Exactly. And I can tell you when, when a downturn hit and the company I was working for had 550 people. And by the time I got laid off two years later, almost three years later, there were only 41 people. Like by the time myself and Anthony got laid off, the guy in the office next to me, we were in the office, um, you know, there were 39 people left in the company. But I could tell you in 2008, when it started, and office staff, support staff, you know, I'd watch them walking out the back door to the parking lot, just bawling, you know, um, some of these folks, you know, with a box, cardboard box with a few things in it. Um, that's one thing that the apprenticeship does and working in construction does. It kind of... It kind of um, it is, a, is a way that you begin to live and you begin to learn that things are temporary. Everything's temporary so that when something does hit like that, odds are you're prepared. If you aren't, you know, hopefully you're prepared financially a little bit. You can cover some stuff. And then, you know, definitely you're mentally prepared and it doesn't hit you near as bad as it does people that work in an office. You know, they just, you know, they do their 40 a week and it's just this, you know, routine that's week in and week out and year in year, and all of a sudden things go bad. Their resilience to uh, downturns and their resilience to, you know, situations that are out of their control, um, it just isn't, it isn't the same. Um, that's one of the benefits. It, it's kind of a weird way to look at um a benefit of working in the trades, but I could tell you right now that you will definitely be more resilient to, um, you know, slowdowns in the economy and um, situations that are, like I said, outside of your control um, than your typical office staff. I, there's yeah. no doubt about that. So just thought I'd throw that out there. I'm going to jump into something kind of a little bit different off on a tangent, we'll say. But the other thing that I definitely recommend, especially for people just starting out, is when you get mailed the the trust books, the retirement books, you know, you get a copy of all these books and they're huge and nobody ever reads them to see what's covered right. what's not covered. Right. Read the dang books. Read they're, the damn I mean, book. Come on. Yeah. It's like just read the book. Read through because there, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of really good information in there. You know, what's covered, what's not covered so that, you know, like you go to the dentist and, and this is one of the things that I ran into when I was working in Alaska is I, I went, I had to get a bite guard because I grind my teeth in my sleep. Well, I got a bite guard. My dental insurance didn't cover it. That's 800 bucks. I didn't know I was going to get hit with. You know, right. the, the dental insurance down here does cover it. So that's, you know, just knowing what's covered and what's not and who your preferred uh, providers are, that's really good. I mean, arm yourself with that information so you know, because, you know, things happen. You know, you got to go to the doctor or whatever. And knowing where you can go to the doctor, where you're going to get, you know, the, the in-network uh, price versus out-of-network price and, and all that stuff, and, and all that information is given to you. But we just got to make sure that, that, you know, when you get those books, read through them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, read through them for sure. Absolutely. And then because 
when you do have a question, you can't quite decipher something. You know, you just can't really figure it out with the textbook there. And you're look, you're reading it, you've reread it a couple of times. Then when you make the phone call to the trust and you ask the question, you're at least informed. I mean, they'll they'll know. Oh, okay, your question is about you know X Y Z here, and okay, that section here. If you jump over to here, this page in your book, this you'll see a section on this, and you know you'll get clarification. But at least be uh, you know, don't just do a cold call up to the trust and go, hey, I can't get this. And they'll go, oh, well, if you look at page, you know, 118 in your in your uh, explanation of benefits and you're, you know, all of a sudden you'll be like, oh, yeah, there it is right there. Um, if I'd open my book up. So but it's always good to have that. It's always good to have that, uh, you know, a little bit of knowledge. And if you really do get stuck, you know, give them a call, give the trust a call because you'll be able to get you'll get a person. It's in Seattle. There's not a it's not a person overseas or something that's reading the manual. You know, you're actually talking to somebody that lives in your community. And um, I've always had a good experience with them. They've always answered my questions, you know, the couple of times that I've had to call and go, hey, I just can't figure this one out, you know. Um, and ask them, hey, what is it out of pocket that I can expect to pay? You know, prepare yourself mentally. Say, okay, so when I went here, the, what, you know, this service, they performed this service, and I need to know what bill is coming my way. You know, I want to be able to prepare. And what, what's, what, you know, where is that ballpark figure? You know, they probably can't give you an exact figure, but they can sure give you a you know, a pretty good ballpark so that you can be halfway prepared. And then, you know, because those things, right? I mean, you're trying to get started. You're in your first year, maybe just getting into your second year in apprenticeship. And man, your cash is just like, ooh, you know, you're trying to sneak through. You're buying tools. You're, you know, you're trying to get rent paid. You got all this stuff that that uh, just hits every month. And, and um, so it's always good to get as much information as you can about, you know, where's where's my money going to, you know, you know, what's it going to take? And, um, you know, just don't panic. That's for sure. You don't want to get in a, a, a crisis situation where you're just, you know, you're panicking because then it is hard to go to work in the morning, right? It is hard to get up and, you know, you're like, oh man, what, you know, you're trying to clear your head so you can be at work. And, um, you know, it just kind of compounds the whole thing. You know, and, and on that note, when it comes to insurance and stuff, just because, they they send you the the bill with what the insurance covers you you can't take that at face value because i've i've gone through a whole stack like probably eight different bills in one year where they messed up the coverage and didn't cover something that should have been covered and so you call up the insurance company like this should be covered and they're like oh yeah we just missed it and and so yeah. don't don't just take it at face value you have to go back and you have to actually look at them which i mean i know as carpenters you know going through paperwork is probably not what we signed up for but it's just right. part of the deal anytime you get benefits you got to pay attention making sure that you're getting what's covered right yeah i mean right. you look at your paycheck pay stub right i mean you know you, you look at your pay stub and you're like hey man Make sure I get that, uh, you know, nooner or that, you know, half hour overtime or something. You know, you keep pretty close tabs. I bet you do. I mean, I, I remember I used to, you know, it was like, oh, OK, did I get the money that um, I was supposed to get? So, you know, it's the same thing. I mean, it comes down to money. You look at those explanation of benefits, make sure that, you know, the dentist's office didn't, uh, you know, double bill or something just by accident because it does happen. People make yep. mistakes, you know, and, and uh, you know, so so take five minutes when you open the mail, you know, open it up and, and then throw it in a, a little, I keep a little, uh, just a file folder, you know, in one drawer. It's just in it, you know, each year it fills up, but 
it's got those explanation of benefits in there and I can always go back to them or whatever. I know Aaron and Addison are laughing. They're probably like, yeah, that's a 55 year old dude. He wouldn't scan them in, you know, or just take a picture <laughs> of it. Right. Yeah. You know, well, you, know you, you, got, mentioned you guys pack all yours with you on your phone. I know. Okay. <laughs> all right. I you, still you use a file folder. It's just the way it is. Yeah, you mentioned the the check. I still check check it every single time I get a, a paycheck. I still check it to make sure that the deductions are correct, that they're not, you know, there's nothing weird on it, that the the amount is correct. I still check it every single week. Well, yeah. now it's every two weeks, but yeah, I still check it. And that's something you you pay attention to your your hourly wage when you're on the job. You're making whatever this number, but uh, if you're spending ten minutes looking through a textbook to figure out how much you're gonna pay when you go to the doctor, and you're saving two hundred dollars. You're, that was 400 bucks an hour. You just, you just spent looking through that right. textbook, right? <laughs> hey, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Worth hey, every man. penny. <laughs> yeah. You do. You got, you got to start looking at everything like that. You know, everything you do is like all of a sudden you, you will start, you'll start going, Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, if I was at work, man, I'd be, you know, that'd be an extra you know, 180 bucks or something. And you know, who wouldn't take that? So, but yeah, what else? What else will we talk about? Aaron, right. come on, man. Uh, any last, know, any last stay in work. Those are no, no, no. Uh, coming through the apprenticeship program. Any last words of advice? Stick with it. Um, it's just like every other job. There's good days and bad days. You're going to have good jobs and you're going to have bad jobs. You're going to work with nice people. You're going to work with, uh, for lack of a better term, assholes. Um, yeah. and, and, and just stick with it. And it's, it's, you're going to make it. It's a, a great career. It's a ton of fun. One of the things I love the most is that at the end of the day, you don't have to look at at, okay, I moved this stack of papers from one side of the desk to the other side of the desk. You know, you can look back and you can see I framed that wall. I built that, you know, and, and there's a huge right. sense of pride and purpose. And uh, it's, it's definitely, um, definitely worth it. Just stick with it. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll second that one. That's, that's, you know, I, the first two years, the first year for sure. And then into your, you know, making it through that second year, you know, to the start of your third year, that's just, that's the hardest part. Just do whatever, call whoever, get, you know, whatever it is you got to do to make it through those first two years. You know, um, I can't, I can't stress that enough. I mean, it, it, you're going to, like Aaron said, I mean, I'm probably 75% of the time, it's just going to be not a fun time. It's just, you know, <laughs> It, it, you're just it, it's truly man you don't have the right rain gear your feet are wet you know you're trying to pack something and it slips and somebody's yelling at you and you know it just you know you about get run over by a forklift i mean there's all these things you know and you're just like what but just hang in there just stick with it because you know i i for one i don't know what else i could have done for a career where there were so many options so many options. I mean, I, you know, once you get through the journeyman, you know, and you get journey out, you get, you get to that point, you know, you don't necessarily have to, you know, uh, like drive nails the rest of your life. I mean, look at all the different things you can go do. There's just, there's so many things you can kind of specialize towards, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's layout, maybe it's, you know, robotic total station, or you're more towards the, you know, more towards the, uh, you know, the the side where you, you end up being a steward or something, a job steward, and you're, you're kind of, you know, more of a go-to person for um, knowing the contracts or, you know, you're more, it, it just, you know, rigging. I mean, there's just, it, there's so many things that you can kind of just 
you, and you'll find out. You'll, you'll, you'll know that. About your third year or fourth year, you'll be like, man, I think I'm going to head a little bit more towards, you know, interior yeah. hardware, you know, door hardware or something. So you can kind of choose a little bit. You know, you can kind of start to specialize a little bit. doesn't mean you don't have to know the rest of it. It just means there's just, there's just so many opportunities out there once you get done and through, um, you know, just, yeah, hang in there. Just, just do whatever it is you need to do to get through those first two years. And I assure you, um, it definitely gets better for sure. Yeah, it gets better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, really, those those experiences, you you don't have the right rain gear. You, you sit in puddles for a day and then you go get rain gear. And so you yeah. don't have to deal with that anymore. Really, just you have to knock down those those pillars. And then uh, oh. once you're clear, you're you're all set and you you know what you know what you need to do. And that's sure. what the apprenticeship is all about. Mm hmm. All right, I think that's it for this episode of the NWCI podcast. Uh, thanks, Aaron and Steve. Uh, have a good Betcha. day. The opinions and information expressed in this podcast are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of NWCI or its partners or affiliates.